and welcome to another Tap Talks HR podcast. I'm delighted to be speaking with Mark Stringer again from Birkbeck College, University of London. Hi Mark, welcome back. Hi Anthony, good to be back. Uh, Mark, we spoke last time about organisations and change and the challenges around creating successful change. But this time we're going to concentrate on the concept of leadership as opposed to leaders. So I have to start by saying... Do you have, what's your definition around leadership compared to leaders? Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Um, yeah, that's a very good question. It's something which um, anyone who works or studies within the idea of, of, of leaders and leadership is uh, there are a myriad of uh, ways of looking at it. And I think for clarity's sake for the session today, I'm going to be thinking about leadership as um, you know being fundamentally a, a, an activity which is about influencing people. And what I like to talk about today is touches upon change, but it's more about kind of looking at how we can look at the notions of leadership um, as against the, that of, of leaders. And I'll take us through some of the thinking behind that um, and also touch upon some of the work by Dr. Summer Weston, which is taking a critical look at leadership uh, and to end up sort of providing a kind of a kind of a plan on how maybe organizations can start to think about um, viewing uh, leaders and leadership in a, in, a, in a different way. So what I mean by that really is to think about how we can uh, look at leadership and leaders in um, in a different way. So in a way kind of reframing what we look at um, to maybe to look awry at the idea and as uh, Zizek talks about it's like short-circuiting the the ways in which we we look at leadership and leaders so taking different views and maybe uh, cross pollinating those and distorting our views so looking at leadership in a different uh, way um this is partly because a lot of leadership material and research and, and thinking is still in the kind of modernistic uh, way of looking at it. Um, there's very structured that the leader as a heroic individual um, in a way that, uh, that you know, the, the leaders and followers, that the followers are you know, beholden to, to leaders in terms of how they go about uh, delivering their, their, their leadership. And maybe to look at it from a slightly more kind of postmodernistic point of view and look at the work of Latour, for example, the, the idea of actor networks, the uh, systems thinking, to thinking about leadership is become is more more distributed so there is more the idea of leadership then takes over from the, the idea of having leadership placed in leadership or a leader as one individual so leadership becomes distributed across a network um, and thinking about that there's a, a really, really nice quote from from Wheatley uh, from paper in 2006 when they talk about um, our zeitgeist is a new and an ancient actually awareness that we participate in, in a world of exquisite interconnectedness and that we are um, uh, leaving living to see uh, see systems and structures rather than isolated parts and players so there's a connectivity within a system and a structure and that we can see uh, the rise of interconnectedness in the world that we in the way that we world work and uh, live together so in terms of workplaces, that workplaces have become increasingly fluid and workers ourselves have become increasingly nomadic. So the fact that the traditional nine to five career from leaving school to being a retired individual is, is, is no more. And thus within that meaning and intentions and emotions have become displaced. 
Um, and therefore, kind of the idea of being a leader or leadership becomes uh, a negotiation of, of time and space. And some of the things that we can do to deal with that, help deal with that from an organisation point of view, is to kind of look, as I say, look at leadership as, as a, a, through a different lens. And one of those lenses is taking a kind of critical approach to it. And uh, the work of Simon Weston is really useful here. And uh, for those of you who are interested, um, the third edition of his book of leadership, Critical uh, View on Leadership, has just been published. And if you're interested in it, I'd urge you to, to, to get out. It's, it's, a, it's a really good read. And within that book, he talks about uh, the four critical frames to start us off with in terms of uh, uh, leadership and, and leaders. And the first part of that is taking uh, a emancipatory analysis of what we mean by uh, leadership and leaders. And what he's talking about there is for leaders to, are they in organizations creating environments that promote well-being and environmental good? and that they are diminishing uh, coercion or oppression within workplaces and that there is a a sense that there is an emancipatory part to what they do. So leaders are asking, you know, are are they leading in good faith? Uh, Second question being, does leadership work towards a good society and and a sustainable world, which I think resonates quite strongly given the kind of ecological and political situations that we find ourselves in. It also links to things such as corporate social responsibility, for example. So it's, you know, all of these things are not, um, as I said earlier, these are things we have to think about in terms of systems thinking and and access network theory. You know, there, there is this inconnectivity between things such as leadership and corporate social responsibility beyond that of a leader being you know, the head of an organisation and coming up with policies and procedures which somehow make them look slightly better in terms of environmentally uh, sustainable pieces of work. But it's about does the leadership work towards it because society so the, the wider aspects. And, you know, are the organisational aims uh, ethical and just? So again, fitting into that sense of uh, organisations and work has taken does take up a huge amount of our time and space and it's uh, become a very social platform for what we do it's replaced lots of other cultural forms religion etc the work has become uh, very much a key part of all our lives so therefore what do we do and how we do it is it ethical and just and what so what are the outcomes so again the idea of leadership comes into play there. The idea, second point, of looking awry and for leaders to, to kind of reframe and disrupt and short-circuit the norm. Um, part of this, this, is, this work is here in the response, as I said earlier, to the, the normative leadership um, research which says, you know, follow the X amount of steps, you'll achieve X. Whether you have a situational leader, whether you have an authentic leader, or whether you have a transactional, transformational leader. Um, again, it's to say, well, okay, yeah, that's all well and good, that's understood, but how do we reinterpret it, reinterpret leadership and leader leaders for um, where we are in terms of the contemporary age of work? Third part is the way of um, Simon talks about the, the idea of depth analysis, which links to his um, his work in the fields of psychoanalysis, but also in discourse analysis. So um, this is making uh, use of um, an understanding of organisational dynamics 
and the human relations that happen um, beneath the surface in in our in, in organisations, and um, both from a in, in individual un- unconscious, but also from a collective unconscious. Um, certainly in the texts and the language that we use in organisations, um, using so these tools to get try and understand the relations between power, knowledge, and emotions and change in organisations. So from a leadership point of view, it's to understand. Yeah, what's not seen um, again to go, dig a little bit deeper within to the surface and to really kind of interpret and challenge some of the norms which take place. And then there's the fourth part is the idea of network analysis, how organisations are situated within um, the global context and the technical context or the legal context and certainly the environmental threats which may um, be uh, pushing upon organisations and people to make changes. So the the kind of sense of uh, environmental uh, pressures that um, cause organisations to to change and the leadership required within organisations to make that happen and how to, to respond accordingly. Um, going back to the third part of, of the work there, that kind of framework and the idea of, of uh, kind of depth analysis, and it's certainly an area which I'm very interested in, in researching, but um, the idea of, of, of leadership is, is, a, is a key thing when we start to think about the way in which we react to leaders and to leadership. Um, there's an argument to say that there is quite a bit of ambivalence towards leaderships because um, we both desire leadership and we reject it at the same time. And there's a really nice quote um, from uh, from Lacan when he's talking about the psychoanalytic um, element of an interaction with a patient where the analyst would ask a, a patient, you know, what is your desire? And the analyst uh, the analyst and responds, you know, I desire a master. The question being again, well, what kind of master? And there's that one, well, one I can dominate. So there's that kind of definite, you know, there's the sense that we, we desire being led, but we also at the same time unconsciously find ways of rejecting it too. Um, and this could be put down to the idea of splitting, so having a, a good leader or a bad leader. Um, and, you know, we can both take, uh, probably have, times in our own lives when we can think about the fact that we have good and bad leaders um, but having them both in the same individual so we may at some points for example um, have a unconscious resistance to a certain um, part of what we have to do maybe change or whatever and we may actually uh, we admire a good leader but unconsciously repress feelings of envy towards, towards her for example um, and this envy may come out between um, you know unconsciously sabotaging impacts at meetings for when we have these leaders so we have to in this kind of way of thinking about leadership think about the individuals and what what we what we do and how we come across um, in terms of of how we approach leadership and that responds to leaders too um, because they are obviously human beings and have to deal with this type of situation as well from an emotional and from a conscious and unconscious point of view and there's a really, if we think about the idea of leaders and followers, which is something which, again, is something which uh, we have to uh, take account of because, uh, you know, if you're leading people, then you have the followers. And there's the kind of, the, there's plenty of work that's talking about the interactions between leaders and followers, dynamics theory, for example. Um, but just talking about the idea of, of the splitting and the kind of sense of the, the kind of rhetoric and the discourse which goes on when we talk about leaders and leadership and hopefully some of this, this thoughts will start to break down and deconstruct is a quote from Bass from 1990 and I'll just read it out it gives you an idea of um, 
the idea of splitting. Um, he talks about uh, leaders are authentically transformational when they increase awareness of what is right, good, important and beautiful, when they help to elevate followers' needs for achievement and self-actualization, when they foster, it, f- foster in followers higher moral maturity and when they move followers to go beyond their self-interest for the good of their group, organization or society. So ultimately this sounds very uplifting and kind of helpful but actually reproduces the classic split between the kind of uh, the idealized leader and the disempowered follower. So uh, there's quite a lot of things there saying, well, actually, you know, the leaders are very moral and authentic and uh, have all the knowledge, and their job is actually to impart that and to bring the followers who don't have this up to uh, a higher standard. So there's that kind of sense of trying to break down this this us and them point of, of leaders and leadership. So what do, what do we need to do really? Well, I'd argue that we need to kind of develop uh, leadership rather than leaders. Um, and in that respect, um, you know, from, from leadership, um, leadership is, is and leadership development on its, on its you know, pretty much is, is look, looking at how to develop a, or creating a kind of individualistic or, or behavioral approach to, to leadership. So it's very much focused on how do we develop people to become leaders as opposed to leadership. Um, and there's, you know, within that, there's a critique of kind of mainstream uh, leadership um, practices, which is this kind of individualization. So it's very much about the individual. Um, leadership development can be seen to be very kind of conservative. So it's old ideas being dressed up as, as new. Uh, the, the idea that uh, leadership is very elitist. So, for example, in organizations, you may have talent management programs, but the discourses, the measures that may be sending out is that those who aren't in those talent, talent management um, programs therefore lack talent or uh, don't have the ability or don't fit the kind of role or fit which is somehow a, a leader. Um, a lot of leadership development can be seen as technocratic, which means that it's very reductionist, it's very kind of functionalist, it's about pulling levers, about doing certain things in a certain way. And kind of business focus becomes is, is not leadership focused. It's very much on, on delivering results as such, uh, rather than think about how those results are um, kind of uh, kind of come come about. There's also, and I'm very conscious of this, the gap between theory and practice when it comes to leadership and leadership development, um, and the kind of the ethics behind it. So the kind of the sustainability and systems thinking, uh, and the di- di- distributed approaches, often seen as add-ons within leadership development rather than being key components. And one could argue, therefore, there needs to be a switch around from um, this idea of a leader being a hero to being someone that's got the idea of leadership. So there's a distributed fact of this, these skills rather than being inherent in one individual. To finish up then, there's, there's, there's a kind of one kind of framework which contains 10 principles which comes from Simon's work, um, the idea of the uh, eco-leadership framework. And um, what this, or what he, he aims to, to talk about in here, um, is that, um, this, and I'll, I'll br- briefly just walk through the, the 10 points, but um, the first one really is about the kind of um, eco-leadership. Uh, um, and it's about developing kind of high potential individuals um, to, generate, to generate leadership across and throughout organization, as I said a minute ago, rather than having one individual who is seen as the leader. So it's about how you share and distribute that knowledge and skills across an organization.
And because um, leadership followers are, you know, it's a fluid relationship, they're they're not fixed roles, it's understanding that and thinking about how they can be understood, going back to the idea of the kind of of deep understanding, both from a kind of unconscious and from a discourse point of view. And that um, leadership is everywhere, and it's not just attributed to one individual. So the idea, and we touched upon this in the module that we run here, the idea of this paper by Kelly from 2014. They talk about the kind of negative ontology of leadership. The leadership is something which is shared. It's not something which is actually measurable within one place, but it's actually something which we, we we can understand across a myriad of people in different situations. Um, that the leaders can learn more from each other, um, the, the, the experience and the emotions, uh, the failures, the, the ways in which we deal with things, and that, um, that they can be they can be learned from each other and talking through through that, um, and that the leaders uh, find how they they get, they get their, their skills and knowledge through their own personal experience but also from cultural experiences too so it's about how those how about how culture and personal experiences are intertwined um, there's certainly a kind of a way of, of, of dealing with that and how do you how do you go about doing this well the kind of distributing the kind of commitments to um, leadership is thinking about things such as um, communities of practice. Um, trying to kind of improve a sense of belonging for for uh, individuals and sort of coaching in organisations also is, is a way of helping to to elicit this uh, for um, for organisations. Um, leadership itself requires um, generous and generative cultures. So again, coming back to the idea of culture and maybe this needs to be a culture change, which uh, you, you can you need to in, inform um, the, the leadership and leaders with. Um, and there's a real sense of connecting people and connecting people with technology and the environments and it's so it's it's making that a kind of a a, tri- a trio rather than just concentrating on one individually it's actually saying well going back to the network and systems theory and saying well if we are to think about um, leaders uh, and leadership and think about leadership as opposed to leaders then we really need to to kind of start to stand back and and, and uh, kind of uh, look at the way in which things are structured rather than um, trying to uh, pile on the whole kind of responsibility and uh, guidance onto the the role of uh, a leader. And because it's it's dispersed, then this does bring, uh, you know, we are asking, or this, this idea is asking for a breakdown of traditional structures and hierarchies, and that does bring anxiety, and that brings anxiety to organizations and also to individuals. So, this really does touch upon the, the, the need, I think, for, for leadership in itself to be viewed as something which is a, a cultural um, shift, a change, but also something which is going to provide more flexibility and uh, a sense of, um, uh, as going back to the idea of, of um, emancipation and freedom to provide a different way of creating um, uh, a difference in organizational life to allow a sense of creativity uh, and innovation to, to flourish. So arguably, to, to sum that up, the idea is a shift away from the leader into that of leadership and to move away from a very kind of modernistic way of looking at a kind of structure of, of leaders and to move to a more um, kind of um, fluid and um, uh, kind of a, a way of viewing 
leadership as a displaced um, piece of, of knowledge and skills and attributes across an organisation in order to um, respond to the current changes and the fluidity of the, the environment that we have found ourselves in. I mean, Mark, there's, there's so much there. It's, it's, it's interesting um, from my point of view. I was taking notes as we were going through. Uh, so leadership rather than leaders, we're talking about distributed. And, and I think that's quite interesting because there are a number of points there that I thought looking at it as leadership rather than leaders fits into a more modern workforce where we're getting very flat structures, project-based, and there are, there are organisations now where you put together a team and then... The most a different person each time mm. becomes the leader of that team. So, are you? Is your argument there about um, we should be thinking about upskilling more and more people with leadership skills, so the right person can be the leader in inverted commas at that particular time? Not as such. I mean, you know, a part of that I I, um, I think I'm trying to get across is that mm. the if we 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 have to try and if we can, not default to the fact that we need to have a leader. Mm. And that, and you're right, within kind of a fractured working environment where you've got people working across different platforms, different time zones, is that how, do, how, can, we, how can we perhaps move away from having one kind of formal leader when what may be required is that all those people within that working group have the ability, knowledge and skills to be the expert and be the leader in any given micro sort of moment as opposed to thinking they have to default to having one person who is constantly the leader through which everything, all, get, all the gaze is placed towards, who is seen as the kind of uh, both the, the facilitator and the dominator for them in terms of what they do and how they do it. So it's more about saying, let's step back and kind of challenge the notion of um, organisations needing to have you know, only one frame of reference which is a leader and saying well actually how can we look at what the attributes within what we see as being a leader and actually how can we distribute that across how can we encourage and support and give people the skills knowledge and the confidence to be able to take on board these type of things in a fractured way because they're being asked to work in that way at the same time, they can. It's it's about utilising that and saying, well, the leadership required is beholden in that group. So your idea, your example of that kind of project group is that that leadership may not need to have a dedicated, highlighted leader, whether that's authentic or whatever however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's saying within that group, actually, you're going to say, well, you you've got leadership. You, you as a group, you you are leadership, and that's that's it. It's, it's great because it, it's. Um, I'm just. My mind was flicking through history. Uh, any example I could come up with where this this idea of a non-hierarchical way of leadership versus leader, and it's really hard to kind of think of somewhere where it's been accepted in society that that you have a group of people, and at any particular one point, that maybe the skill of the person means that they might have normal knowledge than the rest, and they might do that micro leadership. Mm-hmm. for that moment in time can, can you think of anywhere where it's, it's, it's happened or anything or is this well, this, a this, concept this of is the, the future trick. well no this is the trick you see, because it, 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 history 
it's a tricky one because it's always written by the people who want you to understand what the history leaders. was. <laughs> it's written by the leaders. And so therefore, all of these kind of micro uh, instances are not going to be recorded because it's, it's the definitive statements or the definitive statements of the people who are writing it who want you to realise what they are is what we read about. So it's... Again, that's a very much it's that's a very kind of kind of meta level. So what, this is asking us to actually break that down and come down to a far more kind of interpersonal, interrelational level, and saying, well, from the micro level, this is the thing we have to. And there's a, there's a sense of um, which is this is challenging. Which is a, there's a, a concept from the Tavistock Institute that again, it's from a, a kind of a psychoanalytic point of view about the idea of containment. And the idea of containment is that there are structures which we project into to allow us to feel safe. And organisations are one of those kind of containers because if you go into an organisation, you see the organisational chart, you've got the policies and procedures, you've got a building. In an old sense, not so much now in terms of you know the breakdown of how we work, but um, that's a sense of containment because people and people like that. We we respond to that same as the we, same way that we respond to leaders. So that we you know there's a desire I said earlier that we want to be led, but at the same time we're quite ambivalent about it because there's some parts we want to reject. So the the idea of containment is a, is a, is, a, is a key part to that too. And if if you're removing that containment, that's going to create anxiety. And by not having leaders too, that's also going to create anxiety. But the argument here really is that I'm not saying that, that we have to dismiss all of that completely. It's just like a, you know, taking one and replacing the other because you know that's that's just as bad. But what it's saying is that if we are to respond to the way in which work is being delivered or being asked of us to be delivered or how it's been structured, are we li- are we purely going to reiterate and repeat the same ways of doing things that we've always done? Um, where in respect it might be time to actually think well we have to kind of move and become more confident in these different different ways of kind of of dealing with leaders and leadership Um, and that's going to cause anxiety but that anxiety can be mediated and dealt with by Kind of come up with frameworks that are talked about in you know, community practice and to go um, thinking about um, how we do with coaching in organizational practice to actually allow that to happen to free up people from from the kind of kind of structural and as you said you know this kind of hierarchical flat structures um, but there's still power and knowledge within all of this it's just about how do we how do we do that differently because if organizations are being asked to respond to things differently and change leadership and leaders is one way of, of looking at and dealing with that so it's just an, again it's a kind of lens and say well if that's the case if we have to respond differently then by using the same tools that we always have we're going to get the same results that we've always had yeah so if we expect change by not changing anything yeah we're, we're false yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting though isn't it because I was, I was just thinking then that that actually by removing a hierarchy of leaders and enabling people to have the skills of leadership, you might find hidden talents, mm. hidden capabilities yeah. that maybe were repressed or people thought it wasn't their place to say that. So you could end up with a, a more active workforce in your organisation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then that touches upon the things that I talked about, about the idea of ethical considerations from workplace. You know, it's, it's about how that affects the wider society because we leave work and we go back out into society and we are you know, creators of knowledge and consumers outside of work and all these type of things where are other identities. 
But the point is, you know, the work still has a massive effect on what we do and how we do it and how we respond to all other facets of life. So I think ethically, if, if people at work... Um, on one hand being asked to be more flexible um, to be more innovative and creative but at the same time to do that in the same context the same confines of as we're talking about now and leaders and lead, uh, being led then there's a paradox isn't there because we're asking people to be flexible creative innovative on one hand but at the same time asking to do it in the environments that we've always had so, so do you see because I'm thinking about uh, maybe leaving um, the, the listeners with like one thing that they could be thinking of do you think to trial this kind of leadership uh, non-leader environment in an area which is probably your most innovative and creative part of your business would you think that would be a great way to try uh, it out yeah I think part, part comes back to a lot of things is about talking to the people in your organisation and to you know to and to sit back and question if you do have a for example talent management programme what, what message is that sending out and what's the criteria and who's in it so thinking about the power and the ethics behind that um, thinking about um, you know whose voices are being not being heard and represented in the, the, when we talk about leaders and leadership is there a, an opportunity to, to to kind of devolve and distribute leadership and to look upon, look upon it awry and to, to kind of kind of cross circuit and to short circuit things and say well you know perhaps we should try this and, and see what happens as you say in a kind of pilot area or in a, in a way um, because you know organizations still have to perform and, and deliver things but I think it's, it's it's it takes confidence and it will take ironically to you know there will still be leaders in organizations who are going to have to take these these decisions and it may be that they feel comfortable doing so because it's actually questioning what a leader is but as ever if we don't question then what out, what out of questioning comes creativity well, Mark, we're, unfortunately, we're totally out of time and I could talk on about this subject. What I love is the fact you've put almost a provocative stance on what leadership and leaders are here at a different end of maybe a dichotomy from where we are. And actually, it's about how we then process that as ourselves and then take that into our organisations and start challenging the hierarchy mm. and everything. So it's fantastic. Really good food for thought. Thanks very much, Mark, for being here today. Thanks, Anthony. And everyone, thanks for listening. And do take this away and let us know your thoughts on what you think about leadership versus leaders. Um, and you can always find out more about our other podcasts at Tap Talks HR and events at tapsolutions.com. But that's it for now. See you again soon. Goodbye. <laughs>